Hello and welcome. We're back for another episode of the Who Says That podcast. Today's a very special day because I don't have a family member sitting across the <laughs> desk from me. I actually brought in somebody who, um, and I'm listen, I'm very humbled for you to be here before I get to you because I just wanted to read some reviews um, that people said about you. If you don't know, my, my guest sitting across from me is Grammy Award winning opera singer Ed Parks. Yeah. How about me. that? Well, Ed, thank <laughs> Happy you. To be here. Thank you for, for blessing me with um, your presence today. No, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of uh, thinking and listening to a lot of your music because I don't really know anything about opera. And I'm going to make an assumption that my, my listeners, you know, all four of them, I think I've gone from two to four. That's great, man. Um, you doubled. Don't know much about opera either, but I think this is a great opportunity for them to hear, hear you talk about opera because your performances that I've watched are unbelievable, okay? And I, listen, I, I listen to a lot of music, never opera. Um, I, learned, I played the piano for a long time when I was a kid, and I was never very good. But I learned Beethoven and all the classics. Um, but for someone like you who's taken classical music and opera to such that level, I want to understand the process of how you got there. Because opera, to me, is not something that a young kid would say, hey, I want to go be an opera singer, right? So if we can go back, if you, if you would humor me with sort of the story of your life, and you know, we can move quickly, um, because there are some aspects that I, that I really want to talk about um, that I find fascinating about you. But how, how did you get into opera as, as a youngster? Well, I mean, I grew up in a, a family um, in western Pennsylvania, um, right up like side of Pittsburgh, um, my family was musical, but not trained musically. They, you know, my dad's side is very Irish and, you know, so when we get together, everybody sings in the kitchen kind of, kind of thing. When you were have a kid, when you were a kid, did your parents have like music on playing in the background like all the time? Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, music was important, but it wasn't, um, you know, that, you know, we didn't have like a record player going all the time or something like that. It's, excuse me. I'm just having a got to keep my my vocal cords yeah. moist because I have such a beautiful timbre to my voice. <laughs> um well, long story short, no, let's keep it long. Okay. I want to hear it long, the long version. So, I mean, um when I was it's not a typical kind of story, but I I mean, I don't think many opera singers are, you know, uh have typical stories. Um, you know, there's not one path to Ex it. Exactly, cuz I don't think and and listen, I don't know but I don't think a kid would say, yeah, I want to be an opera singer. That's such yeah. a, I don't know, it seems well, so, I, so, so distant and such a... I think where so, it started, what started with me was I, I was fascinated with um, manipulating my voice to sound like things. I would do a lot of imitations. And so, would, so you'd walk around the house and doing, you know, doing big yeah, imitation like, I mean, type. Yeah. Like I always think the Figaro Figaro, which you sing beautifully, yeah. by the way, and, we, and maybe we can get a few bars out of that <laughs> out of you. Um, but, you know, because I would say that in cartoons, right? That was always sort of yeah. like... You know, you walk around being silly, yeah, and and sounding, making your voice sound like that. Yeah. So I I I spent a lot of time with. I remember my brother got a CD player, first one we had, and you know he uh, had a bunch of CDs, and I would work it and go sit in my room and listen to it and sing along to everything. And what what would you listen to if you uh, remember? It was, it was a lot of things. I mean, I mean he had a ton of stuff, but it was. I remember listening to Phantom of the Opera, and I remember listening to like Led Zeppelin and. Uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't always classical. It wasn't classical. It, it wasn't classical to start. Um, so I was singing a lot, and my parents noticed, and my brothers were, you know, being driven crazy by it. And um, my dad sang in uh, church choir, and uh, he knew one of the one of the you know, directors of the church choir or from a different church, but he taught voice lessons and piano lessons. And he asked him if he would, he would hear me and give me voice lessons. And I was only eight years old. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't really teach young singers like that. You Your know? dad's like, well, wait a minute, this, this kid's got talent or well, it's just, let's try to see where no, this I goes. I think it was just, yeah, let's see where it goes. You know, cause it was, it was obvious that I was interested in it. Like, were you interested to the point of like obsession where it was all you were thinking about was singing and making these big, beautiful sounds out of your voice and imitating other opera yeah, singers, I, things like that? I, or not even opera singers, just yeah, popular music. I, I, I was just, I was just interested in it. I mean, and, um, 
So yeah, so I, I went and sang for the for my teacher and and he he took me and I studied with him until I graduated high school. Oh wow! And um, he was a great man. He was a very patient man because I I wasn't a good student. I I had a hard time reading music and. So how, how old were you when you started with him? I was eight. So all the way till you were about graduated from high school. Yeah. Right? Wow. So just a lot, ten years with him. Yeah. And he he trained you front and always in opera music or just classical. Yeah, he was training me musicals. Cla- he was training me classically. I mean, I did all the musicals in high school and yeah, in my town and stuff like that. But he um it was always you know classically trained. Um and. What did that training consist of? I mean, I would assume that it was relentless. Like, you have to train all the time. Even as a kid, because when I played the piano as a kid, my parents made me play for 15 minutes a night. And for me, that was, like, too much. Yeah. And I struggled through it. You know, I got through it, and I I could play. I could probably fool people to think I was decent. But I think I wasn't that good. I knew how to read music. Yeah. Um, But 15 minutes a day, you know, that... Probably not enough to to reach a level of well. I mean, for a piano, for piano players and you know, and other uh, musicians like you know, string instruments, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the the amount of hours that have to be put in to that. Singing is slightly different. I mean, you can you can practice, but you can't really practice that long. I mean, singing is you know your instruments, your muscle, and you know the muscle gets tired, and sure, that's how. I mean, even in college or conservatory, it was, you know, the singers would be in practice rooms, but you'd only be there for, you know, an hour or so. So when you would practice with your coach when you were a kid, I mean, you, you worked on how to, how to sort of build yeah. up that muscle to so have I'd that go, stamina. I, I'd go meet with him when I was, when I was little. It was only 30-minute lessons uh, once a week. And you and liked going? You said, I can't wait uh, to go? You know, or is the it thing so- is, no, I, I didn't really want to. I, I mean, in I'm like, it was one of those kid kind of things. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, you know, because it's like right after school. You want to play with your friends, whatever. Sure. Um, but when I was there, I was having, I had a great time. And, and your, were your parents like very militant about you're going to practice, you're going to go? Or, no. you, know, you know what, Ed, you can miss today if you don't no, feel like they, going. They were, they were, they were structured in me going to my lessons and, and, and you know, the things that my responsibilities that I've, I chose to take on. And that's what I did. Uh, I mean, I didn't have many act after school things. I mean, I, I played sports, and but that was more weekend kind of things. But um, yeah, I mean, they were, you know, I, I was, I'm lucky that they were the way they were. And supportive and, and believing. Very supportive. You that- I mean, you know, I, I, I grew up in a town where, you know, my dad was a coal miner and my mom uh, was a teacher and then she was a stay at home mom. And, uh, you know, I, and, and have that kind of support for pursuing my dream, it's always been there. So you say it was your dream, though, but when did you realize? Because, you know, when you're a kid, and you know, you say, I want to be a doctor. Or, you know, that those, to me, you know, it's, is it a dream? Well, I say it because that's sort of like what you're supposed to say, right? Yeah. But for, for you, I feel like you sort of like have to be so focused and know that it's exactly what you want out of life is I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to be an opera singer. Yeah. Right? I, I think it was, it was um, I knew I was good at it. I would say around when I was 14 or 15, I knew, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at this. And What what made you, did people would tell you you were good? Or you yeah. just sort of like compared yourself to the other kids? Yeah, I mean, I would sing, at that point I was singing all the time. I mean, I would do church things and I would do like, you know, things at the country club and I would sing at people's weddings and people's funerals and um, I would do all the musicals and, you know, it, it was it was apparent to me that this is something I was good at, and I did some competitions in Pittsburgh and won a couple of those. Then, you know, I, I was good at sports, and I played football and I played baseball, and and I never really had the same kind of passion for it. I always felt like in my mind that music was what I was destined to do. So you knew at sort of a young age that that was you're like calling. You had that sort of self awareness yeah. of your own of of your own self thoughts or of who you were. Yeah, and then how it's it incredible. made me feel. You know, I mean, the, something happens inside, and um, I've never been the best uh, communicator, you know, in terms of, you know, how I feel. Uh, sometimes it takes me longer to process things, and but with music, I feel like it's very easy. It's very easy for me to express myself and to express emotions that maybe I don't even totally understand. And that's interesting because a lot of the songs you sing 
aren't even in English. Yeah. Right. And do you, do you speak Italian? I mean, it's no, I mean, I, I, it's conversational. I would say. Do you ever think about that though? How, you know, cause when I watch these performances and they're not in English and you know, I don't really know, have a clue what they're talking about, mm-hmm. but yet I still sort of, you can sort of understand, um, what, what it's all about, you know, yeah. what, what the scene conveys. And I don't know if it's the vibe or the emotion, but how do you then connect to the lyrics that you're singing? If you don't even really sort of have a grasp well, of the language. It's right? a lot of, it, I mean, I have a grasp of the language. I mean, it's, I've spent six summers in Italy. Um, when I'm there and I'm, when I'm using the language, it's, uh, it makes a lot more sense. Uh, I mean, I can understand everything somebody speaking in Italian says, uh-huh. whether or not my vocabulary is up to. Or you just go like this, adora, adora, adora. That's as far as my that's as far as my Italian <laughs> vocabulary goes, right? Yeah, I can get by with that. No, I mean it's, but we, you know, opera singers, especially in America, we are trained to um, phonetically be able to pronounce everything in sound as if we are native speakers. And you spend a lot of time translating and you spend a lot of time uh, working scenes and, you know, especially, you know, I sing French, I sing in German, I sing in Russian, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of things to, to work on, but technically, I mean, where I'm at in my career now is I I sing a lot of, you know, contemporary opera, which is kind of great because it's all in English. Uh It takes a, you know, musically it's harder, um, but, you know, it takes that language barrier out of it. Yeah, and I want I want to get there, but I think we'll, I just take a few steps back because you were talking about you know you, you realized at fourteen that you were sort of good at this, um, and then you want to take it to the next level, right? Yeah. So and that in high school, do you do all the plays? You're sort of like the theatrical kid in that side of the school. Um, and in high school, did you are, are you always the lead in all the plays? Um, do you always get that role? Yeah. When my I would say my. My junior year and my senior year of high school, I was the leads in in the in the musicals. You know, it's a pecking order kind of thing at the you know first year sure, or so sure. of high school. But um, yeah, we did uh, Fiddler on the Roof and we did South Pacific, and I played both of the leads in those. Okay, so Fiddler on the Roof, I'm I'm sort of familiar with. Yeah, you know, my kid loves it. You know, with Tevia. And, yeah, and I, I don't don't ask me to sing any of it. Yeah. But um, we might ask you to, to sing some of it. There you go. Yeah. If I were a rich man, come on, <laughs> a few bars of that. Um, so, all right. So, and high school's in, in outside Pittsburgh. Yeah, a town called Indiana, Pennsylvania. That makes sense, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm confused by that one. I know, yeah. but it, you know, it's it, it. Jimmy Stewart was born and raised there. There so you that's, go. That's kind of our claim to fame. Claim to fame. Jimmy Stewart and Ed Parks. That's right. Gosh, there what, we go. What it, something must be in the water there, right? <laughs> So I went to Oberlin Conservatory for my bachelor's, and then I went to Yale for my master's. I was in the conservatory at Oberlin, and yeah, there's a you know music department, and they have um, vocal performance and all instruments that you know go along with it. So you had the regular curriculum. I assume you have to take all the required classes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the calculus, the math. If you make it that far, or well, in the, in the conservatory, you don't. Oh, I mean, I should have done that then. If yeah, I had a skill. I would have not had to take calculus. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> still had to do. Uh, I did do a lot of language courses. I did do um, music history, a lot of music theory, uh, oral skills. Um, but yeah, I mean piano, that kind of stuff. You pl- you play the piano? I mean, it's yeah, it's I can I'm really good with these. You two can fingers. you can pack. Okay. <laughs> Never had any like formal training. So I I had a I had a music teacher, and all I wanted to learn was like cool music. I wanted to learn like the Beatles. Or something pop, you know, pop culture music, and the guy taught me like Beethoven, and so it was like gave me such a, and I I could play it, and my mom's oh it's beautiful, he sounds, and I always thought it was so boring. Yeah. Um, and looking back now, you know, I wish I'd stuck with it, and I'm sure a lot of people said, oh, if I'd only stuck with it, I could have been an opera singer and won a Grammy. So, um, you know, I have to think that you know to be have be that driven and focused, because I know it, it takes so much effort and focus, and you must have those days where you're like. I'm done, I'm done with this. It's just, it's just I'm going to do something else, right? I mean, it, it all depends, right? I mean, I, I never really had a plan B. Um, as far as I was concerned, um, if singing didn't work out, I would probably just go back to Pennsylvania and work, you know? I mean, um, manual labor is, is, is what my, you know, my, my dad did and my brothers do. They have a contracting business. Um you know, and I, 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 
I'm interested in woodworking and you know, I do leather crafting and so there's a lot of that kind of craftsman things that I think are also a component to to my you know mentality sure. when it comes to music sure as as singing is it's you know it's a it's a craft definitely um and and to perfect that craft i mean i i just it's it's so hard for me to 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 have a think of someone having a talent like that and, and be able to to bring it to such a level it's it's really incredible um because what you do for me is like so out of what the norm of, of what i would listen to or mm-hmm. what i would watch and and find interesting but it is um so you know i applaud you and thank you for that because have you sitting here to talk to somebody who, who does something completely different from what I'm used to? You know, it makes me uncomfortable, but it's still interesting. Um, and, and I want to learn more. Um, so, you know, you're, you're at Oberlin and over the course of college, are you, you are like the top of the class for singing or how does that work in a conservatory? I struggled it, it in college. I mean, I, I struggled in high school. I mean, I have, um, you know, I, I don't think uh, it was diagnosed, but I have some some learning disabilities in that way. Um, you know, like a little ADHD and sure. slight dyslexia kind of, kind of thing. So studying was always kind of foreign to me. But, like, but in music, like you said, just seemed, it came very naturally yeah, I mean, and you sort of got it. My ears are very good. Um, when I hear something, like when I learn music, even it's, you know, I, um, it doesn't take me long before the melody is in my head and then connected to my, you know, my throat. Like you could hear a song like once or twice and then be able to like sort of, yeah. you have that sort of skill. That side of your brain is like incredibly developed that it just Yeah, absorbs. like I can absorb that melody, especially, I mean, if it's anything like pop music or, you know, even, you know, any kind of pop music, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple to just, even the words just stick there. I have millions of songs in my head. What about like like rap music? Could you like hear a rap song and be able to like mm-hmm. spit back all the lyrics pretty quickly? Yeah, yeah I mean, I used to listen to Eminem a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because another aspect of, of what you do is, is memorization, yeah. right? And I'm thinking about you, and I'm like, do you, do you ever forget a password for, like, your Google or your Gmail? Oh, yeah. Because the lyric, cause you have to remember so much stuff. Again, that's not even in English. Yeah. Um, you know, what's, what's that muscle then? How do you work that and, and make that sort of function? It's a process. It's, you know, I think everybody's brain works differently. And for me, um, you know, it took me... You know, I, I looked at school like Oberlin taught me how to be like a, a student and to, you know, take on my responsibilities and um, show up. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to Yale, it was a different story. Um, and Yale was for, was that a, a graduate program? Yeah, I got my master's in music there. Wow. And, um, you know, I got to Yale and it was like, it, you know, here's a stack of music, you know. This is what you have to learn and, uh, you know, go, go learn it. And that was really hard. You know, we had coaches and things like that and people to help you, but, you know, you couldn't show up to a coaching and not and expect somebody to teach you music. So it, 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 I had to kind of come up with a process of how I can learn this music, memorize this music and very quickly. So, you know, what is your, if you mind me asking, what is your process? Because for me, you know, what I, what I try to teach my kids or how I learned was by flashcards, right? Mm-hmm. When I learned Spanish, I had to memorize through flashcards. And that was just sort of the repetition and that muscle in your brain sort of figures it out. Yeah. Is that sort of similar to process? It, for me, it was. I mean, I, I would, I would, you know, I had like a moleskin uh, journal and I would, you know, write out the, the line and then underneath that I'd write the English translation. Uh, and I would go off of that essentially. I mean, I'd have the music, but you know, my piano skills weren't strong enough for me to actually, you know, there's a lot of singers that can sit down and play and learn what they're, you know, and what I've, what I've come to now is that I, I, I have a few pianists that I, I work with and I, I send them scores and they record them. They play the, the accompaniment and then they play my vocal line. And so I can listen to that and I need to listen to it a handful of times and then and I have the music. Incredible. Um, yeah, and yeah, with contemporary music, it's, you know, by the time you learn that music, everything is memorized. Gotcha. Because, you know, I used to think I have that skill that I could, you know, hear something and I'd have the, the, the lyrics memorized, but I had no musical ability. Meaning I couldn't, like, sit down and hear something and, and play by ear. Mm-hmm. Right? That is definitely some, you know, some people are blessed with that and people like me aren't, which was frustrating because I always, 
was sort of envious of those people who could like hear something and sit down at the piano and fi- and sort of like wrestle it out. Yeah. And and I tried, um, but I'd get frustrated and say, you know, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And th- but that was that was me. I mean, you obviously didn't have that sort of like give up mentality where <laughs> things got hard. You're like, you know what? I'm I'm done with this. I'll, I'll go play with my friends. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it. I think if I didn't love it so much, there would have been probably many opportunities to just throw it in, you know. So, like, w- when you get in the car, you know, and you, and you turn on the tunes, mm-hmm. is it a is it a Mozart, you know, opera that you're listening to, or is it like, you know, a, a like a rap station? Like, what 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 do you listen Man, to? In I the listen car? to everything. Okay, so I it's, mean, it's I, not only just just opera I, I, all the time. I, no, I actually probably listen to opera the least. You know, I mean, it's um, there are certain pieces that I and arias that I just absolutely love and I'll listen to them you know every so often um or certain singers that I really respect um but I mean the 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 stuff that I listen to runs the you know the full gambit okay and and when you talk about you know your sort of idols in opera I know you you know you you sang with Bocelli Mm -hmm. which you know everybody he seems to be like have crossed over right to the into popular culture and, and you know People seem to know who he is. I mean, I knew who he was. Yeah. Um, you know, when when I heard that you sung with him, and then I watched your performance at the Hollywood Bowl, mm-hmm. which was fantastic, by the way. Thanks. Um, you know, what what was that experience like? It was crazy. I mean, I uh, I felt very lucky to uh, be part of that, you know, tour. And how does how does he find you? Did you get a call one day and, and say, "Oh, Bocelli's on the phone. He, you know, he wants no, you to come see It's just luck. I mean, I. Um, the conductor that he uses a lot, um, his name's Stephen Mercurio. He uh, is a good friend of mine. We've worked together on other projects, and um, usually Bocelli uses a. I mean, it seems to me that it's like a, a soprano, like an operatic soprano. He has. Um, but what his what is his voice? Is he because he's, he's a, a tenor. He's a tenor, right? He's yeah, part of the three tenors. That's no, no, he wasn't part of the three tenors. See, but I'm showing you how much I don't know. Oh, about that's right, man. Um, yeah, I mean he he's he's an incredible person i mean it's nice to meet people that are famous and they end up being uh who you think they are and he's definitely who he is all that he is he's a a sweet guy um incredible uh the 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 schedule is incredible i mean how he maintains rigorous i would assume it's wild and these concerts he's singing the entire time and besides like the couple Spots where his guest artists are, uh, it's it's pretty spotlights crazy. is on is on him the whole time. Yeah. So you know, how do how do you think he does that? You ever talk to him about his process about how he how he keeps his his voice strong and how he has the stamina to to sing for you know an hour or two in front of all those people? I mean, he's figured it out. I mean, I haven't really talked to him too much about it, but I know you know singing with microphones is is a uh, it's nice. It helps. It helps, <laughs> and um, you don't have to you don't have to give as much. I've I've noticed I don't we you know opera singers we don't sing with microphones. I mean live performance opera is not done with mics. Really, it's not amplified at all. That's why we're trained as opera singers to to cut through you know a wall like because your 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 orchestra is in the pit right right and there's a little window in the pit and that sound shoots straight up and whatever house you're in it it it, it ends up going back and around. Opera singers' voices are trained to pierce that wall of sound and reach the back of the so you don't have like a monitor you know it was to talk about rock concerts people have monitors on them so they can hear themselves so at the opera you you, you don't really hear your own voice no. i guess like we have headphones on right now i mean i can hear no. my voice no so you're trained to sort of deal with that well you have to i mean it's in every what's crazy about it is that every house is different and you have houses that um are acoustically really nice for you and you can hear yourself things come back um there are certain houses that are just super dry and they're just dead but when you say the sound comes back right there has to be t- you know, like the timing of that, that mm-hmm. as it echoes off of the walls or whatever comes back to you you know how, how do your ears then deal with that delay i would assume it's not so much a delay i mean because they're they're not you know giant amphitheaters or something like that or just you know so the acoustics are pretty well tuned that they've probably thought yeah about i mean that. for the for, for the most part i mean um we do have monitors with uh you know for the orchestra because sometimes that's tricky when you're on a set. You know, there are dead spots on on sets. You're sure. on the stage that you you know you're singing. I can't I can't hear the orchestra at all. You know, and that's 
that gets a little scary sometimes, but the more you get used to that. I mean, even like, cause opera singers will, we, we use, you know, um, vocabulary like, you know, this is a dry theater or, um, really live or, you know, uh, pushing, you know, like when you sing in a dry house, you push, you tend to want to push your voice harder. You're, you're, okay. you're, you're spending more energy than you have to because it's like all in the pursuit of hearing yourself. Right. Right. Cause if you can't, if you can't hear yourself, then there's a, there's an issue in your mind, right? Your voice wants to make more sound push harder so yeah. like does like the temperature or like the the humidity in the air does that impact sort of like i mean it can quality it can i mean i'm sung in really dry places too i mean in chicago in the winter time i mean yeah it could oh, get more dry like than santa fe in the summer and sure. you know it's and that's an outdoor theater and that's that's pretty wild so but, so part of your training then is, is like you said you cut through that the orchestra sound that's rising up mm-hmm. and you have to cut through it to really push your voice out because you're a baritone mm-hmm. right and and when you say a baritone i mean obviously it means a Deep, you have a deeper voice, right? Is there a range that says this is a baritone because he falls within this range, or he's a tenor because he's this range, or is it just sort of like what you hear and no, people just say, oh, no, there is assign him a specific kind of uh, ranges. Like, so there's tenor, baritone, uh, bass, baritone, bass. Oh, there's someone even below. Oh, yeah. Below bass is really low. Yeah. Um, can you get that low? No, I can't. <laughs> you can talk, I like, can barely get a, as low as some baritones go. So, so, okay, so you've always then trained then to be the baritone role, right, in the operas. I say we're going to give that to Ed because that's his, where his voice falls mm-hmm. in that range. But did you ever try to go higher? Maybe maybe I could play a tenor role and get away with it in this one? I did. When I was in, um, so after grad school, I went to the Metropolitan Opera. Uh, I did their Young Artist Program. So I was in the Met for three years just studying and did some small roles and and my voice teacher at the time was pretty convinced that I was a tenor, and I'd I'd heard it, I've heard that before because I, I have very good I have a very good top, um, of my range. Mm-hmm. My lower part is developed more now that I've gotten, focused more on, on well, the baritone. Well, not so much. It, I mean, the voice is funny because it's it changes changes over with age, and um, you know, when I got in my thirties, my late thirties, the middle and the low develop more, um. But the top is still is still as good, and it's slightly darker now. So it, it's it's a funny thing, you know. Yeah, the voice is the voice is an is an instrument that that uh, will continue continually change. Yeah. And so obviously, then you know, as your voice changes, your career and your role changes of what's available to you because. You know, you can't. You know, bad. You're not. Can't sing like a, a young buck anymore, a young kid anymore, oh, yeah. right? And so you have to sort of take these different roles for sure. Um, and and when you're at the Met, and that's in New York, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a pretty prestigious yeah. sort of you know, place to be. Are there other? You know, is there like you talked about a pecking order earlier when you're talking about high school? Is it the same thing sort of in the opera, in the opera part of your career when you're at the Met? You know, there's the the guys who are older, more experienced, who sort of say, oh, you're a rookie. You know, I think of it like when you join the MLB. Like they always make fun of the rookies or give them a hard time. Is there anything similar at in, in, uh, the Met? Um, yeah, I mean, there's established star opera singers, you know, and they make top fees and, you know, they they, they work as much as they want to. Um, I wouldn't say there's a pecking order in terms of that. I think you have to, you have to, you know, it was a tricky time. Like, like for example, like when I finished the – the Met Young Artist Program, you know, I was like 25 or 26. And, you know, going out into the world after that experience is a slightly, and it and it's difficult for every young singer coming sure. out of the Young Artist Program. You got to, you know, if you don't have an agent, you got to figure out an agent. It's, I bet it's incredibly competitive. Well, it's competitive and you're auditioning a ton and you get used to the rejection and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it... You have to put in the time and, and you have to like that. I, th- I think in terms of my career, that was probably the hardest of just where having confidence in yourself and having the the belief that you're good enough to do this is was where because there's a lot of people that throw it in because they have to or, you know, the, you have to make money and you have to sure. survive. 
you know? It's funny though, you say, it, so it sounds to me like there's some sort of self-doubt at some point. You get all the rejections because it's competitive, but you know, think back to when you were a kid and you say you like sort of knew like this is, yeah. you know, what I'm going to do. And then well, you get in the real world and you're like, wow, this is, yeah, this is tough. Well, it is tough. I mean, and, and I was lucky. I was lucky to be in the place that I was at because the Met was still, they were still giving me things. It wasn't the things I wanted, you know, it was small covers or small roles and but when you're young you know you take on you those do it. You i did do it. It. i mean because right. i get to be at home i get to be in new york and um you know not have to travel and and then it got to a point where i was like okay i need to look at this i need to like take stock of what i want and what i want is to sing leading roles and i and i don't i, I want to be artistically satisfied that's why i'm doing this so there was that that creative outlet that you needed. That you I needed couldn't, it. Couldn't, couldn't get it satisfied doing. No, the, the other the second act or whatever. The other way was felt like death. It felt like I'm wasting my time. I mean, the money was was good, um, but the satisfaction of yeah, being able to express yourself creatively it was, was much it much was, stronger yeah. than yeah. than any money you could pay. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you went out and did it. Yeah. Because I want to talk about um the role that I found incredibly interesting was you played Steve Jobs in the, in the revolution of Steve Jobs, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, that was an opera written about Steve Jobs' life, right? Yep. The founder of Apple. How, how did that, that come to be? How, how did someone say, you know what? If we're going to write an opera, we're going to pick somebody. We'll pick Steve Jobs because <laughs> I think that'll translate into opera, right? And it was sung in English. Yeah. So, you know, what, what was, if you know, you know, what was the thought process about how we're going to write a story about Steve Jobs in, in opera form? Well, I think if you look at Steve Jobs and the, his story, it is very operatic. You know, I think um, you're looking at somebody who changed the world for good or, or better, or for better or worse, right? Um, better, come on. The greatest thing ever. I mean, yeah. Especially someone who loves music, right? To be able to have access to music like that, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's, there are positives and negatives to it all, right? Sure. I mean, um, Mason Bates is the the composer, and Mark Campbell wrote the libretto, and and I'm not exactly sure, you know, where where the idea came from. I mean, I think Mason is a pretty; they're both really smart individuals. Um, but Mason's music is really unique because he um, he infuses uh, um, like tech into his music. So there's, you know, he's in the pit with this computer and he's playing this, oh, okay. like, like he's like a, like DJing, right? And it's it's phenomenal. And you can't really tell where the line is. You can't tell what's the orchestration, what's you know, added in. Oh, interesting. You should yeah. listen to some of his other orchestration. No, I mean, no. Listen, I want to watch it again. I'll think, I'll think differently about it. Now, yeah, that it's not just an orchestra sitting down there in the yeah. pit playing this music. Yeah, and then all that stuff has to be, you know, it was it was a. It was a crazy process. I mean, I remember going to audition for it, um, and every baritone that I know was there. Everybody wanted that role. Everybody wanted the role. I mean, Santa Fe is a great place. You know, doing a world premiere is a great thing. Um, why was Steve Jobs chosen to be a baritone? Was why not a tenor or? Well, I think or a different sort of. I think range? what you find what you find now in contemporary opera is that a lot of the lead roles are being written for baritones, high baritones. You know, I think in terms of range, you're getting almost what you get with a tenor, um, but you get more depth and color in the voice because it's a baritone. I mean, I guess it carries with a sort of a bigger, a bigger sound, a more sort of like, sort of, I don't want to say in your face, but it's very like the sound that comes out is, is, is large. I mean, it just sort of like fills up the room and yeah. in your ears. So, you know, from that perspective, knowing that Steve Jobs was such like a big personality, it's sort of, now that I'm thinking about it, it makes a little more sense. Yeah. Right. So, so you, they fly you out to, to Santa Fe because that's where the, the opera is going to take place, and you and you try out. I, and in well, my I, mind, I think of it like you know those movies when they have everyone's like outside the, you know, everyone's trying out, but you know you can hear the other person yeah, trying yeah, out. So exactly it's like, oh my god, like, he, he killed it. Yeah. I have no chance. Yeah. Right. Is that was that what it was like? I mean, yeah. We the auditions were in New York, so it was centrally located for you know the hub of where everybody goes audition. Sure. And. Um, yeah, I mean, it was wild. I mean, I, I had fun with it. I've, I've always really enjoyed auditioning, though. 
You know, it's, it's... You don't get intimidated or stressed or like, for example, for me to come down here to talk to you, I was like, oh gosh, you know, I'm <laughs> make myself crazy and then I screwed up something up and I'm not going to oh, insult man. the guy. No, but that's so you, you Yeah, fair enough. We, so you, you know, nothing's perfect. That's right. So, but you had a sort of like, you're sort of relaxed about it and you can sort of deal with that pressure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a fun pressure. You know, even performing is, there's this, um, you know, I get nervous before every time I perform. Do you? And, it, but it's, I've found a way to... I found a way to make that that feeling you get where you just you don't want to go out there, you know, you're terrified the butterflies and all that. It's I found a way to to turn that into something that I just love. I love it. It's where else do you get to feel that? You yeah, know, and yeah, then, I mean, a lot of people run from that, right? No, but then it's like you know, I I the way I look at it is like I create this imaginary line, you know, off off the stage, and the second I walk over it, that's it. I don't think about it again. And you sort of just, and it all just sort of comes out of you. Yeah. Sort of, you can turn on that part of your brain that doesn't have to think about it so much or think about yourself, right? Maybe it comes from a place of, of self-doubt or self-consciousness that you can sort of like oh, yeah. turn I mean, it off. It's, well, it's, it's, it's full expression. You know, I get to go out here and pretend and I get the chance to possibly move somebody. One person, dozen people. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I can relate to that. Um, as you know, thinking about being creative and and when, when you create something, you know, who's it for? Is it just for? Because when I create a lot of my stuff, and I don't say I like create very much, or I'm very good at it. But I, I always say it's for me, right? Because it entertains me at the very least. For example, this probably entertains nobody, but you know, I find it interesting to you know to talk to somebody or, or hear somebody's story. So that that I can relate to. Um, but. The, the idea of, of doing it in front of people where everyone's staring at you and judging you, I mean, that's got to, that, to be able to turn that off and sort of like focus and just be so trained and relaxed, that's an, that's an incredible skill. It yeah, has but, to come from practice and, and being so self-confident in yourself, right? Well, I, I, I definitely think that I am confident in what I do. Um, I, I try to look at it not in, in the terms of judgment, you know, but it's an opportunity. Yeah, that's interesting. It's an opportunity. Because, you know, you put yourself out there, you know, people judge you. For, yeah. You know, my wife has this beverage company. You know, drinking something is so personal, right? So people can comment and say, oh, this stinks. Yeah. I, I hate it. And even with music, I mean, everybody is so opinionated about music. Everyone likes what they like and everything else sucks, yeah. right? So to put yourself out there and say, well, I'm not going to, you know, think about it. That's, in, that's an incredible skill to have, to be able to sort of like ignore all that, noise and keep the blinders on well because what's the point what is there the is point no point it? it's a distraction but it's, yeah, it's I mean, still it, out there and it's th- they're, they're different i mean obviously like you know the on online is you know people can people can people be nasty can, people can be what they say what they want you know i know when it's when it's live like that i feel i feel the opportunity for myself and that maybe it is a selfish thing that i feel this need to express and and it's not even that I want to put that on somebody as more as like the way I I like to envision it as I as I open up. I'm I'm opening this up and I want you I want you to, to come in. You know what I mean? I do. It's an invitation. And that's the way I kind of go about that that's amazing because if I were to open up, I would be so I would have that self doubt, like, is it good enough? Are people gonna really like it? I think you're just going to lie to my face and say, oh, you know, he's, he's fine. But, but, but I'm going to say, oh, this guy's a waste of time. Get rid of that because it's just, it, if you can just do this and whatever this is, mm-hmm. is authentic, right? This isn't, I think this isn't authentic when I'm putting something on you. Sure. Like you will feel this. You will understand me. But if I go like this and invite you to understand me, I'm inviting you to feel what I'm saying. It's different. So, and it's more than just selling because there has to be a, an aspect of being really genuine yeah. about it and, and really believing in, in what you're putting out there, um, regardless of the consequences that yeah. you're. And that's incredible because I'm, you know, I'm trying to learn that skill doing things like this or you know, photography, whatever it may be, social media. Um, it's hard, and you know, it definitely takes takes practice to be able to be so focused and understand yourself yeah. and self confident. That's an amazing skill to have. So. You have, so you try out for Steve Jobs. Yeah. Do, do they get permission from the Jobs family? I mean, does does you have to call the foundation or whoever and say, hey, you know, we have this idea. We would love to, 
Get your blessing. I don't know how that works. Okay. I'm not sure how that works. I assume, though, it wasn't done sort of like we're going <laughs> to do a, uh, do a job that, on Steve Jobs. No, and, I think they were aware. I mean, the, the amount of press that happened for that was pretty wild. So you get the call, you get the role, and you're like, I can't believe it. Unbelievable. I was pumped. Pumped. I would be fired up for you. That's amazing. Yeah. But now it's got to get to work, right? Now yeah. we got to figure out how the heck we're going to yeah. do this thing. Yeah. So, so where, did, where, are the, where does all the rehearsal happen? How does, how does that process work? So we workshopped it um, that, that summer. What year was that? Uh, I want to say it was 2016. Yeah, 2015 or 16. We workshopped it in Santa Fe. And that was just, you know, a bunch of singers. And Why was Santa Fe chosen as the place to debut? Well, the- well Santa, Fe, Santa Fe commissioned it. So okay. They, they, they paid for it. Um, and Santa Fe Opera is a great place. I mean, it's the, that festival is uh, it's really cool. I mean, they, they do a gr- lot of gr- really great work there in the summer. That's amazing. And, and the heat and the, and the dry heat, I mean, that's... On the altitude, I mean, it's crazy. So you're dealing with a lot of challenges physically mm-hmm. just to be up, get up there and sing. Yeah. All right. So re- how long do, do you rehearse um, the role before before you have your first performance? Well, we we workshopped it. We workshopped it again in New York at the Guggenheim. We workshopped it um, in San Francisco. So it was a, it was a year plus of workshopping, and then and those only happened in short spurts. You know, every here, week there. And then, did you read Steve Jobs' like biography to sort of like get yourself yeah. around of, of I, who he was? And I got, I got into all of it, um, the the book, the all. I mean, I, I, I found his videos to be the most, you know, like just watching him do the launches and things like that. Sure, I mean that's very theatrical in yeah. and of itself. So there's probably a lot to, yeah. to draw from there. Because when, when you walk out on stage, I mean, you look like him. I mean, it's unbelievable. And I don't know if it's because. You, Something happens in your brain. You're thinking. You're watching. A, you know. You, you know what's about Steve Jobs. Yeah. And then you step out in the stage. You're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. How does he do that? It looks yeah. like Steve Jobs. He had the glasses and the hand movements and the, and the turtleneck. <laughs> right. It's, inc- yeah, it's I mean, incredible. It was, it was. It was fun. It was really. You know, that's a crazy show. Ninety minutes. And, and on you, stage you the entire the, time. Are you on stage the whole time? Mm-hmm. You're singing in every single scene. Yeah. It's a lot. Of, a lot to memorize. It was a lot. Let me ask you another question because it's sung. It's sung, it's sung in English. And when I'm when I was watching it, you know, and I don't know if it's just because I, my I don't have a lot of experience with opera, but it felt like when you sing in Italian, there's so, there's a more romantic aspect of it. It's more I don't know I don't know what the word is, but when it's like when you sing in English, it just doesn't sound as as I don't I don't know what the word is. It doesn't have that that sort of like that Italian or that French or well, Russian it's, sort of feel. It's 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 language based. I mean. The English language is very percussive. I mean, the Italian language is very smooth and lots of vowels and lots of emotion, I guess. Well, there's yeah, there's lots of emotion, but there's also there's there's a lot of beautiful qualities to the actual language. I mean, I I love singing in English. It's hard. It's very hard, and it's very hard to be understood. And I and I take tremendous uh, amount of uh, I take a lot of time and effort into my my diction and how I present the English language, especially in singing opera, because it doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of singers that it's very difficult, especially I think women and people with voices in higher registers. It's a lot harder to 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 use percussive sounds because it breaks off the legato of the voice, which is like the you know, fluid. Yeah, sound. you know, because there's a scene with your with your wife, Steve's wife. Mm-hmm. You know, she's talking. You have to stop working, and you're right. It is sort of like it's more. It's easier to understand you than it is her. I mean, because she, she has a very beautiful voice, but yeah. it is sort of becomes choppy with the you know the, the just the diction of, of English, the way it's spoken. Yeah, it's 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 a tricky language to sing in. It really is. I mean, it, even in German, German is very percussive, but it you know there's a lot of. There's a lot of movement in their in their consonants, you know. Yeah, I, I def, German definitely has a lot of more expressive, I would say, than than the English or the the expressions, and from the limited amount of German I know, which is probably less than opera. Yeah, which is, is there is sort of 
something that that doesn't translate in English, right? Well, it doesn't because English is a not only is it percussive, but it's also very efficient. It's an efficient language. If you look at if you look at what like three paragraphs of something in Italian would be one paragraph in English. That's right. Yeah, it, it's a fact. We don't mess around with wasting no. time with adjectives and and yeah. It's 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 sad in a way because there's there's a lot of we're lacking a lot of vocabulary for actual things. Sure, and it's only getting worse with communicating through text messages <laughs> yeah. and everything is now now you know you, you don't even have to write the whole word you just write a few initials and people seem to understand what you're communicating to them. So yeah. that is sad. There's missing out on on that aspect of language. Yep. So that that for me for listening to opera in English is I I, I like it more because I can understand. But that emotion, I, I guess, sort of becomes different. It is. Right? Well, it's, it's the music too, right? I mean, if you're looking at, like, you're listening to, I mean, that's one of the things, like, when I was younger, I'd listen to Pavarotti and it is, like, greatest hits. And I had no idea what anything was he was saying. I didn't even know what operas they were from when I first started listening to it. But I was being so moved. I the mean, emotion it was, of it. it was hitting me really hard. And I love that about opera. I love it. Is that you don't even need... It's like that scene in Shawshank Redemption. Like, you remember that movie? Sure. So, like, when he locks the door and he puts on that duet to the two women singing. Yes. And I think that's from Marriage of Figaro. When they're, they're like, a letter. tarring the, the roof. Or, or not that scene. They're, like, he, like, oh, yeah, he gets, breaks into the, the and, warden's and you, office yeah. to turn on the record. And you see all these people listening to this thing, not understanding anything, but being touched by it. And I think that that's, that's a fact. I mean, that, 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 that the music, I'm not expressing myself. No, I understand what you're saying, because I think that's ubiquitous with just with any music. For example, you know, you listen to a song and, you know, generally you don't know what the heck the singer is singing about, yeah. right? If you hear it for the first time, but there's, there's the energy to it or the vibe yeah. that you connect with. And you may be thinking it's about something else. Because I think about that all the time, the music I listen to. I say, what the heck is this guy talking about? Yeah. And then I say, you know what? It doesn't matter. No, because you're creating your own... You're putting your own story behind yeah. it. And it and it moves you emotionally. Yeah. Because I play music over and over to my kids. And they go, Dad, enough already with this song. But I said, well, listen to the vibe of it. Don't you feel yeah. that that energy, regardless of, of what they're saying or if you've heard it a hundred times, it's always when something's good... And it feels fresh every every time you hear it, yeah. even if it's the ten thousandth time, right? Yeah. So I, I sort of I can understand when you, as you know, especially someone who's tuned to opera, that Pavarotti would sort of impact you that way. And he was my favorite. I'm not so familiar with him though. I'm going to start listening. Yeah, yeah, so next time yeah. we talk, I can I can comment more intelligently <laughs> about about Pavarotti. It's okay. So the Steve Jobs music opera air show. Uh, is released or whatever. I'm sorry, not released. But you do your first show and, and it gets rave reviews, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right, right out the gate, everyone's for the most part. singing its praises. I got slammed by a couple of people, but really, it's all right. yeah. Who, who are those people? Uh, I won't say their names. Because because I looked for those reviews and I couldn't find them. I don't know if you scrubbed the internet or, or what. No, it was it was a weird it was a weird situation because I think some people either got it and some people just didn't get it. And I've never experienced a I mean, besides like singing with like Bocelli, like I've in in just the normal opera world, I've never experienced an audience response like that. I mean, people loved it. People were going crazy. I mean, I had a woman. I went to Trader Joe's. This is in the middle of our run, and this woman was like, Did you, "You're singing Steve Jobs." And I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "I tell you, I bring my son to one opera here every year. He's 14." This is the first time he asked if he could go back and see it again. How about that? See, you know, to be able to cross over like that and, yeah. and touch a young, you know, a young kid, um, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So we we got a lot of really great positive responses, and it's been picked up. I mean, it's, there, there's new productions of Steve Jobs going on right now, so uh, that's good to see. But um, yeah, there are a couple. There are a couple big ones. There's like the Times and the. The like New York the Times, Washington Post, of yeah, course. Yeah, just... uh, the Washington Post is owned by Amazon. <laughs> of course, they're going to talk talk crap about about anything Steve Jobs related, right? It's all right. Everybody can have their opinion. That's right. right. See, look at how good you I are. To, you know, you put yourself yeah. out there, and people can comment and judge on you and say, "Yeah." Yeah, my wife said that's my superpower. It's like I, I, I read those reviews after we open, 
and it bothered me for about a day. And then I just let it go. So you have to think about it. You know, it's, they have to sell newspapers and, and magazines. So yeah. to write something sort of negative, for whatever reason, people sort of eat that stuff up. Hey, it's, it's all part of it. But again, I didn't see any of those reviews, so I don't think they exist. I think you're just being <laughs> a little more humble because I, every review I thought was, was one was better than the next, yeah. right? Tour de force of Ed Parks. Yeah. But then, then something even crazier happens, I would assume, is that the Grammys come calling. Uh-huh. Um, and was that something that was, like, you knew that like, we got a chance with the Grammy or, or that sort of came out of left field where, where I mean, I the Grammys come and say, hey, really, nominated? I don't think I really thought about it, to be honest, until, until the nominations came out. I was like, wow, that's awesome, you know? And this was in 2019, I think, that when you... And 17. Based on, see, whatever, everything I read about you on the internet seems to be wrong. Yeah. Right? I need a Wikipedia page or something. I went on your Wikipedia page. and I, you know, Do what? I have a Wikipedia page? You do. What? Yeah, yeah you want to look at it right now? No, it's all right. No, because it's all positive. Okay, good. I would tell you if it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so how does that process work? Does like your agent call and say, hey, good news, or, or they bring everybody into the, bring the cast in and say, guys, guess what? No, I think I, I can't remember. I, can't, I, don't, I don't remember who, who wrote me and said that we were nominated, but it was fun, man. I mean... Uh, my wife and I went out to LA and went to the awards show and we were sitting, I mean, I, I, I went into the whole thing with no expectations and that's kind of the way I kind of, I roll in general mm-hmm. is that this is fun. Let's have fun. I don't have any expectations of anything. That's the best way and to you're go. Just being there is like, yeah, a, a, it was, it was a great experience. Blessing. You know, it was long night. It was long day, but, um, but when they called our names and we went up and all that, it was just wild. Was, do, you, do you remember what you said? Did you have something prepared? Or you just I gonna, didn't. Just I didn't. Gonna, I didn't give the. I wasn't, give the, I wasn't the one giving the. Who, speech. who gave the the acceptance? Uh, the woman who um, was the recording engineer did. Because it won for best uh, best opera best opera recording. recording. Yeah. Do you know who who the competition was? We we were going against um, Doctor Atomic. Um, I can't remember the other ones, the other nominees. See how see how relevant they were. Nobody even knows them. You don't even know them. No, I mean I should know them, but you know, it's okay. I'm sure they were all deserving. They were all fantastic. They're all deserving, sure. right? I mean, Doctor Tommy's a great opera, but who wrote that? Do you know? Uh, John Adams. See, there's another one I have to add John to my Adams. list of, of, of operas one. that I have to watch, and I'm going to watch them when when this is over. I'm going to try. Yeah. Give it, I, you know what else I watched? What I really enjoyed was um, oh. Uh, La Boheme, I think. Yeah. When you did the, it, was just, it was very short, which was good for me. It was like a, a minute and a half of you and another guy and, and yeah. just singing. And it was, I don't know how it just came up on YouTube, and it was really, really nice. Yeah. And I said to my wife, I mean, listen to this. This is really you beautiful. You should go to a Boheme, for real. It's one of the, I mean, people ask me what, what's a good uh, starting opera, and that's a good That's a opera. good beginner. And not, not Figaro. I mean, Figaro seems to be like everybody knows Figaro. I mean, Figaro's good. It's, you know, um, Rossini, and it's, it, it's good. There's a lot of... What I love about um, Puccini and La Boheme and that 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 style of music is that it's just flowing. It, it flows the whole thing. I mean, when you get to the earlier opera, it's you know there's very set like here's the duet, here's a recit, here's the aria, here's another duet. You know what I mean? It, so it, that was the structure that sort of followed for a yeah, long time. Yeah, and I mean, I love those operas too, and I love singing Figaro. And but I mean, I, I sing a lot of Bohems, so. You should see a Boheme. They, they probably do it at Lyric every other season. I should. Do I have to put on a tuxedo, though, if I go to an opera? Like, no. Okay. Cause that's, it's, not, it's, not as, it's not as pretentious as I think people think. And I think people do think it's pretentious. Of course they you know? do. Um, but I'm glad to hear that it's not because, you know, I don't think my tuxedo, I only have my wedding tuxedo on. For sure it doesn't fit. <laughs> Never had to rent one for a night. out just no, seems man, like a lot I of mean, effort. Look, it's, you have to look at it like any performing arts. I mean, those people on stage and the people in the pit and the person leading the band, you know, it, these people all are there to put on a good show to hopefully move somebody. It's all the same. I mean, it, it, we're not, we're not doing it for, for the elites. We're doing it for the everyday person. Making it accessible to everybody. That's what Even it should be for. Lowbrow people it's like what me. what it was. Amazing. You know? So then, all right. So after the Grammys, then that was, you know, a few years back, you know, what, what, what 
what would you say, where do I go from here? I mean, I've reached the pinnacle of, of success. I've received a <laughs> Grammy, right? There's nowhere else I can go. I mean, I don't know. Am I giving the Grammys it too was, much credit? It was great, but I don't, I don't look at that like I've made it. You know what I mean? It's just a, that I'm so happy we won it because that show was, that show and that cast and that time with those people was really phenomenal. And the trophy is just a, a symbol to me of that. I look at it, I think of that. And you have a different perspective because you, you know you sort of lived it. But from you know from where I sit, you know the idea of winning a Grammy. I mean that's you know famous people win Grammys, so that that has cultural significance that you know is beyond just well it, it, mem- it memorialized a great experience in my life because it sort of lives on forever. Now you have that sort of I won a Grammy. I'm Grammy award winning opera singer Ed Parks. And that's how you should introduce yourself, by the yeah, way. Yeah, but now it's on. I, you know. No, no, no you're, very, you're very humble about it. No, but I, I think it's, you know, it's just, it's just a thing. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm happy that I, I, we won that, but that doesn't totally define me, just like singing doesn't define me. Sure. I mean, it's like, I, I, think, I think having the perspective of that I'm a person, I'm a person who likes to create, and I'm a person that hopefully can create something that makes you feel something. That's what I want. Like, I want that. Like, and, I th- and I think you do. Someone who, who doesn't listen to opera, who now just started because of you, you're sitting with somebody who now, who you've moved. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm serious. Because opera music would never have been on my radar. You know, it was something that I don't even my parents listened to it. Yeah. You know, I don't even know who, like the elites, right? Yeah. But I guess, you know, I have to look, take a step back and think about it differently. I just, I like the, I like that. I like thinking that, like, all it takes is just one moment, right? And it can, you could sit in the opera for four hours. And if there's just one moment that you, like, oh, that was really I beautiful. I feel yeah, that. Sure. That's worth it. It's worth it. You're right. You're right. You know, I think of it because, you know, you go to a concert, a rock concert, you know, you want, you want to hear the band play one specific song. Everyone yeah. has that one song they want to hear. So, you know, they go to the concert, they're all excited. And then to hear yeah. that thing about from the opera's perspective, you're right. But isn't it better to to maybe not hear the one thing you want to hear and but to be surprised by something you didn't yes. know? Yes, yes. Because then you can is. look at sort of overall, say, it was great. It was a great show. I didn't hear what I wanted to hear, but it still moved me and yeah. I was still inspired by it. Yeah. So, sure, you can feel that emotion. I have some emotions, and yeah. I, I would feel that one. I can see that. <laughs> not like a time. He's like, enough, enough already. <laughs> How long has it been, Tom? How are we doing? We're about to, listen, when I sat down, I said, there's no way I can, I can talk. I said to my wife, if I can sit with this guy for half an hour and get something out of him, then I've done my job. <laughs> and look, we've gone over almost an hour. Hey, man. And I think people would still be interested to hear more. Yeah. Let's, let's do it again. Part two. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you, just, could you give us a few bars of something? Or listen, I don't, it's probably obnoxious of me to even ask. I mean. Just a little, you got to, you got to, come on. All right, I'm sorry. I won't, I won't push you on it. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. No, but listen, thank you for, for sitting with me. And Thanks for having me. I, you know, this is fun. All right, I'm glad. I'm, I hope your agent didn't know that you were coming to talk to me. <laughs> he would have been like, what's the matter with you? We can talk to this guy. No, it's all right. All right, well, thank you, Ed. I appreciate it. Um, we speak your name. Ed Par- Grammy award-winning Ed Parks. Oh, yeah. yeah. From now on, I'm telling you. It should, okay. That should be on your business card. Yeah. But where, where could people see you if they want to check out uh, you sing some opera songs? Well, live, I'm uh, doing The Shining in Kansas City. Oh, see, I saw that too. That's something yeah. that's very interesting to yeah. choose The it's Shining. It's fun. It's fun. And you're the, you're the yeah. You're Jack. Yeah. We did it in uh, Colorado, man. It's intense. Unbelievable. That's, that's an interesting choice for, for opera. It works. Right? It works. I would think that would work more than the Steve. I don't know. It's definitely, there's I mean, definitely yeah. stories there with. Man. With drama what, and, the, the and first emotion. Day, the first day we we teched uh, smashing in the door with the because it's based on the novel, right? So okay. it's not based on the movie. In the novel, he uses a like a like a sledgehammer. Or? No, it's like a mallet, like a ginormous mallet. And you get to like bang down. Oh man, it was so cool. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go, but it's, the second I start bashing that door, I'm like, this is like therapy or something, right? You know? I bet that's that's cool. <laughs> that's very interesting. And at the end, you're like freezing cold. The whole thing. I, I well, no, see it as an opera. In, in, in the movie, I don't, I don't read the book. The, the hotel explodes in the book. 
I see. I, you should read I that should, book. I have a lot. You've taught me a lot today. I, I mean, The Shining. I mean, everybody should read that. The book is great. So he has, Stephen King, right? Yeah, he has he has an arc. I mean, Stephen King hated the movie. It had not like in the in the book. He has an arc of of a real character, like a real person. He's not just a lunatic mm-hmm. from the beginning. I mean, and he redeems himself at the end. It's 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 better. And that's only playing in, in Colorado. Or is that we did Colorado. Around? We did it. We're doing it in Kansas City, and then I'm doing it in San Francisco, and then possibly a couple other places. Amazing. Well, good luck with that. Thanks. Congratulations. Thank you for coming here. I think we've said it all. Tom, have we said too much? <laughs> all right. Good. He's like yes. He's like enough. Yeah, Pulling the plug. I'm done. It's done. It's Christmas time. The storm storm's coming. Right. I know. Right. I got so much to do. Anyway, I can. This is the long goodbye. I know. Tom, Ed, again. Tom, Ed, thank you. Thank you. A pleasure to speak with you. A real, a real talent to join me, someone who has no talent. Yeah, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Oh, thank you. I got some. I'm working on it. I'm sure you do. I'm trying to get my voice very... See, how about that? My daughter loves it. I bet she does. Say, Dad, can you sing Figaro? I could be maybe... I'm thinking more of a tenor. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Figaro, Figaro. Yeah, support, support, support. the sound. Figaro. No, forget it. I don't Figaro, wanna... Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Tom, have you ever heard anything like that in your life? Sit down in a chair like that and do something like that. That was. <laughs> Come on, Tom. You can do it. <laughs> the whole. that you, you surpassed all my expectations, budget by that. Thank you for that. That was amazing. All right, but enough. We've heard enough. Tom, turn it off. Thank you. Thank you. All right.